spring You are the sun that summertime brings You are the stars in the nighttime sky You are my girl and I'm your guy You got me all tied up in knots And I'm loving you lots and lots I'm just loving you lots and lots I'm loving you lots and lots Welcome to T. Hanks for the Memories. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about That Thing You Do, uh, which is not a biopic of the alien from the film The Thing. Uh, it it was released on the 4th of October, 1996. Um, it was a mild flop. It didn't really make its money back, and, you know, uh, it kind of ended up becoming a cult classic. It was extremely well-reviewed. In terms of Rotten Tomatoes, there's a reason why this is the Golden 14 for Tom, because literally everything was critically acclaimed. Uh, the audience score is slightly lower, with 78%. Um, and on IMDb, it's it's coming in with a 6.9, which is not bad. Nice. Um, to- Tom is getting top billing because it's a Tom Hanks film. This is his directing mm. debut, uh, coming a mere two years after he directed an episode of the TV series, A League of Their Own. Um, so, hmm. <laughs> which, is, which I think was his true directing debut, which is a really weird thing to know. Hmm. Uh, but that's what happens when you do a podcast about Tom Hanks. Um, he gets the and credit at the end of the the, the main credits, um, and then he also gets a producing credit, and he also wrote some of the songs. And it's you know about as much Tom Hanks as you could possibly get. Although I will note, it takes about thirty eight minutes before we actually meet him in the film, um, which is roughly the same amount of time as in A League of Their Own as well. Um, so Tom obviously likes to get top billing on films where he gets to make a late entry. Um, although, of course, obviously, he's on set every day. Uh, joining me to talk about this, I have returning guest Helen Herbs-Lestar. Hello, Helen. Hello. Uh, back from a, another flop, I think, was the last one that we covered. Yeah, we won't discuss it. <laughs> uh, and I have Alex Gridette. Hello, Alex. Hey, gang. How's it going? And, of course, I have uh, Leandra Lynn joining us. Hello, Leandra. Hello, hello. Yeah, so uh, for me, the first viewing of this film was uh, roughly three hours ago, I think, uh, <laughs> as we record. Um, as with a number of films that I'm doing for this podcast, I hadn't seen them. Uh, one of the reasons I hadn't seen them is because I mostly see films at the cinema. And this film did not come out of the cinema in the <laughs> UK. Um it managed to lose money uh, so quickly in America that the distributor, uh, which at the time was 20th Century Fox, decided, um, no, let's not try releasing it in other places. Let's just, um, you know, quietly send it to video and, you know, not really. So over here, I think it basically debuted as, you know, straight to video. Uh, so and because I mostly I mean, this is something I realized while I was thinking about this. Um, if I buy stuff on DVD, it's because I've seen them at the cinema. I very rarely buy films that I haven't already seen, um, unless I'm being a completist and buying um, films that are in a series. And if I haven't, you know, if I've skipped an entry or something, then obviously I'll buy those. Uh, an example of that being Mission Impossible 3. Didn't see that cinema, bought it on DVD. That's the first time I saw it on DVD. Um, so I, I never had a strong urge to buy this film at any point in the past, I don't know, 20, 20 something years <laughs> since it's been out. Um and so today was the first time that I thought, you know, uh, it'd be a good time to watch it because obviously I'm going to have to talk about it. Um, and I mean, I'll save stuff for judgments at the end, but I feel like, you know, we're in Tom Hanks's, you know, the stretch of his career that is generally seen as, you know, him putting out uh, great film after great film. So I feel like the judgments would be pretty kind of obvious towards the end. Um, but yes, yeah, so this was the first time I'd seen it and I really enjoyed it. And um you know i i'll obviously we'll get to it later on but i felt it kind of finished a bit quick but um i understand there's an extended version which i have not seen because i just watched the normal theatrical version 
Um, and I don't know if that fills more things in towards the end of the film, but uh, that was my only kind of thought at first was like, this seems to have suddenly ended. Everyone's quit the band and the film is 20 minutes from the end. And all of a sudden, you know, took us a long, took us a long time to get to them being, a you know, a big hit. And then all of a sudden everything falls apart pretty quick. But I guess that's kind of how it happens uh, with bands. When things start to fall apart, they fall apart quickly. Um, so I'm guessing everybody else, um, two members of which of this podcast are wearing T-shirts promoting the band. I'm guessing <laughs> that this is not the first time today that you have seen the film. But we'll go with we'll go with the person who's not wearing a Wonders T-shirt, uh, and that is Leandra. Uh, do you remember the first time that you saw this film? Yes, I had just started dating my husband and... This was one of the first films that we watched at home. And he said, oh, you're going to love this. There's this really funny thing that happens at the end. And you're going to laugh a whole lot. And I went, oh, okay. And then I watched all of it. And I, I really enjoyed it. But there wasn't anything that made me laugh a lot. And he went, well, it's it's that they were going to re-record it in Spanish. You love when, uh, when people do that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it, definitely. So it... It's something that sticks in my head. It will be there for the rest of my life. That's definitely the selling point of the movie, the mention of recording the song in Spanish. Yeah, he's just on the couch kind of looking at me every couple of seconds going, huh? Huh? <laughs> Reacting yet? I'm like, I, I think this is great. I, I, I do have to kind of love that, he, that, that, that your husband or then boyfriend knew you so well that like something that minute was like oh i got i got to bring this to leandra like <laughs> yeah she's got to watch sweet. an hour and 45 minute film for three words where someone says record in spanish <laughs> yeah it's a throwaway line really <laughs> mm. <laughs> um and helen okay so i don't think i saw this in the theater but i definitely saw it very early like 1997 at the latest um and I don't know that I ever owned it either. I'm sure I rented it. I was a big like video store head at the time and my mom worked in a video store and I dreamed of one day working in a video store, all that. But I think it also played on network TV quite a bit in the years following its release. Um, so I'm not sure entirely how many times I've seen that thing you do. It's probably fewer than 20, but more than 10. Hmm. Um, I don't have it fully memorized. Um, I'll withhold judgment, but I, I have not hated it enough to not watch it more than 10 times. <laughs> and Alex? Uh, I saw it. I did not see it opening weekend, uh, even though, uh, thank you for the reminder, it opened on my 20th birthday. Um, and uh, But the reason I didn't see it that weekend uh, is that Bound came out that weekend. And uh, that was the movie that... Um, my friends took me to for my birthday. Uh, I so I think it was a couple of weeks later. By which point, I think it, I think my dad recommend had seen and recommended that thing you do to me, uh, which for him and my mom was just a hugely nostalgic thing because they were there in 1964. Like just the 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 way that the movie evoked the period and uh, just visually and musically and everything really appealed to them. Um, and why shouldn't it? It is a big old boomer softball of a movie, um, but that has this 
great energy to it that uh, that I found really infectious from minute one. And Darren, you mentioned Tom Hanks doesn't appear in the movie till 30 minutes in, which it, which would be a more accurate assessment if Tom Everett Scott didn't walk in from minute one and everybody didn't look at him and go, oh, okay, so that's that's that guy's playing the Tom Hanks. Um, and exactly. I love, by the way, and to to that same extent, like Steve Zahn is basically playing the Peter Scolari part, yep. but like nothing is really ever made of that between the two of them. Just that it, it just becomes this sort of funny coincidence that sort of makes the movie kind of like it, it's sort of this self-reflexive coincidence that just sort of is a nice little spice in it. Um, but no, I loved it instantly and scooped up the soundtrack. And like I was saying before we started rolling, I sang its praises to anyone who would listen. And I discovered that this is just one of those movies that is very gentle, but as a, but is also very polarizing. Like people are either forever partisans of this movie or just zero interest. Like there is no, I've never met anyone with sort of middling feelings about what by all rights should have been a fairly mid-range movie. It's weird because, um, you know, obviously uh, Liv Tyler is in this film, um, uh, who is exactly three weeks older than me. Um, and at the time when this film came out, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, between her and um, Alicia Silverstone, you know, I was in love with them. So I don't know why I didn't see this film, but I'm guessing it's because it didn't get uh, released because I had seen Empire Re Records like dozens of times before hmm. this, this film even came out. As you should. Yeah, yeah. And the weirdest thing about Liv Tyler is like Empire Records is a huge flop. Like it, it really bombed at the box office. This made no money. Inventing the Abbots didn't make any money. Hmm. I don't think U-Turn even really made that much money, which I did see at the cinema. That's the first thing that I ever saw with Liv Tyler at the cinema. And then obviously Armageddon, Armageddon comes out and that's a gigantic hit. And it's like, you know, for most other people, they wouldn't have been allowed to just keep making box office flops like that, like for so long. Um, it was kind of ridiculous. But it was never her fault. Yeah. And I think all no. of those movies you just described never really lived or died on her participation in them. Nobody stayed away because of oh, Liv Tyler's in this. In fact, I think I, I think of Liv Tyler as in the 90s anyway, being sort of a universally beloved figure who just never made a movie that connected with an audience until it had an asteroid, an asteroid the size of Texas in it. Yeah. I mean, I even saw Plunkett and McKean and One Night at McCall's at the cinema. Oh, my God. Those <laughs> films, Those films did not make any money. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I... So, you know, it's, I don't know, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, obviously, you know, she was also in uh, the Aerosmith videos, which were gigantic at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I felt Very like formative people, for me. People will, younger people will never understand how big a video could have been on MTV when it had, like, as much play <laughs> as Crying or Crazy or Amazing. Like, those three videos, it was like, they were on all the time. Um, you know, you could not escape them. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, so Tom Hanks decided to make his directing debut and he decided to also write the film as well and also decided to write some music for the film, <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you know, like um, it feels like he's been spending, you know, because this is uh, like, I don't know, like a, a decade after Splash came out that he's decided to do this. Um, and um, I'm, I'm guessing that he probably got the money because um, Forrest Gump made tons and tons and tons of money and i think at that point tom hanks was like look i've just i just won two back-to-back -back oscars 
And, you know, pretty much you stick my name on a poster and it makes tons of money these days. So how about I get to direct? And also everybody who's not me will be little tiny people on the poster. like <laughs> Tiny little. It'll just be a gigantic Tom Hanks head, which is how you sell my films. And then I'll just have some other people on there. Don't worry about it. Uh, I, but, you know, we'll put my name all over it. And that's how we will sell this film. To that um, point, too, I love that they photoshopped a very like sort of thinky hand like that he's <laughs> cupping his chin with so that just in case your focus wasn't already pulled by like the biggest star in the world at that time like let's just give him this uh uncontextualized gesture to make certain that nobody is paying attention to these other five people here <laughs> yeah um and i should also mention of course uh ethan embry was also in empire records so this is a reuniting of her with uh Liv, Liv Tyler, with him with Liv Tyler um yeah and then also Charlie's Theron just in a I don't know like in three scenes it's yeah just insane. look how cute just... and little too just what a oh, darling yeah. put her in your pocket Charlie's Theron <laughs> hello I think I think was it the following year she did two days in the valley or is it was it this year was the or was it I th- 95 was two two days in the valley they were all sort of around the same time like I think she was yeah I, I it it feels like she had just it, it, the the kind of parts she was getting and her appearance in that thing you do suggests to me that like she had just gotten U.S. representation who was really pounding the pavement for her and um yeah. and you know there was there there are really only the two female parts in this and the and uh, I'm sure. Tom Hanks saw her 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 material or, or read her audition and it was like, hey, she's great. Uh, we only have these two parts, so you're going to be in these three scenes, one of which at the dentist's office. <laughs> yeah. Two Days in the Valley actually opened. This is going to be insane. The week before. Huh. It opened 27th of September. Yeah. So if you were a fan of uh, Charlie's Theron, you had the opportunity to, to get yourself a double bill going on with Two Days in the Valley followed by that thing you do. Um, Two Days in the Valley being one of those rare films that I bought without seeing it first. Bought it on VHS, then later bought it on DVD. It's a fun film, but you know, it's a little. It's not. I mean, it's not fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if you like Charlie Theron, she's great in it. Um, you know, so I would assume that you would like Charlie Theron because she's in this film and she's also quite good in this film, even though she's very briefly in it. Um, so yeah, there's a, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, there's a lot of people that were involved in writing the many, many songs that appear throughout this film. I, I'm, I mean, I think I would obviously have to watch it a second time to double check this, but I don't think there's any songs in here that are not for the film. Like, even if you just hear stuff on the radio, there's nothing that's from the era. They haven't paid for any songs. Instead, they paid a bunch of very talented people, um, including Tom Hanks, to write all the songs so that the entire soundtrack is completely fake. Um, I believe that's kind of... true. Yeah, I think that yeah. even the song over the opening credits, I think Tom Hanks wrote. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like a fake that folk was... group. My, my, <laughs> yeah. my favorite of those is the, the, the Spanish number that the brass ensemble plays at the talent show, which mm-hmm. is just clearly just written to be an instrumental as a throwaway for this brass quintet to play. But the the heckler is leading the crowd in singing the lyrics to it. So again, this is a completely made up song for 45 <laughs> seconds of screen time that was only ever going to be an instrumental that they then also wrote lyrics for. Again, Leandra, to your your particular fave, 
in Spanish, in there's Spanish. A, there's only a Spanish version of La Señora de whatever it's called because it didn't make it onto the record. But like that's that is attention to detail right there. Like to to really create a world. That's that blows me away. The only part of that song that I remember is that it ends with cha cha cha. But yeah, yeah. as any good song <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah, most do. Lots and lots, I'm loving you lots and lots. I'm loving you lots and lots. 